0: Big Sip. Hey, hey, hey. It's another episode of The Big Sip. Gabriela here with you and today's guest. Oh my gosh. You know what? I've got to be so grateful for the fact that I have access to this mic because I wouldn't have honestly met this individual if it wasn't for the fact that I work for this incredible place. So I am just super grateful that it's like the two universes brought us together because she is so dope, you guys. Like, worldly in every sense of the world possible, word possible. See, I'm over here just so fixated on the fact of how worldly she is, (laughs) um, straight down to her roots. She's just uh, just in a beautiful soul and being and funny and just is doing so many cool things. and I'm so excited to just talk with her and sit down and share her journey and learn more about her because this is kind of fresh for me too. so it's kind of like we're both hearing this story for the first time and I just I cannot wait to see what what ends up happening. I'm even down for the tears and I'm kind of nervous that they might happen. Oh so- <laughs> It is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you someone that is, is just creative beyond means at this lovely Sakan neck.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for saying yes. I always am just like, I just feel so blessed that you are willing to say yes and that you sat here and that you're willing to share your story because these stories are so important to tell. And I just, you're a badass. I hope you know that everybody else is about to know that. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm really honored that you are having me on your platform and giving me the opportunity to share because I think you're amazing and (laughs) I'm just going to like, you are just amazing behind the with all of this. So I I feel like it was serendipity that we met and
0: um, yeah, thanks for having me. Amen. it's so good to see you. Yes, we are here sipping. You can't call it the big sip without having some delicious wine. You came to wine country to do lots of business opportunities because that is what you are afforded with being an incredible creative photographer, interior designer, just so amazing. Every artistic ability that you're able to bring to the surface. And that is eventually what landed you here in Napa. Vino sipping on some of that delicious wine. Was this really what drew you here, or or, or what was it?
1: Uh, well, my husband's job job oh, drew us here, okay. but um, it's been really great as a creative in this community, and uh, Napa is a really strong, supportive community. And
0: I love hearing that.
1: Yeah, and you know, we've gone through a lot together, right? And yeah, people really step up and show up, and that's unique. That's true. You know living in lots of different places. I feel like we have a special place here.
0: Mm-hmm. It's known as a very worldly place, but it feels kind of tiny because yes. we're really only 30 miles long, like seven miles wide. We're not that big of a place. <laughs> it's a tiny town and we've got each other. I definitely feel like I live in a bubble when I leave. Oh, 100% <laughs> a bubble for sure. I remember too, like growing up and, and I would be in high school back before like your bubble got burst. Yeah. Um. And friends who, people who eventually became my friends who had like moved here were like, where, like, what is this? place like this is not how normal people interact with each other like this is just like a different it felt like I don't know some I don't know it's unique yeah it's special
1: it's it's small and it's I don't small. know that I could have lived in Napa as beautiful as it is if I hadn't lived in France prior where it was really, I told you she's worldly <laughs> where it was really small and I because I when I first moved to California I moved to Davis and I was like oh oh my God, it's really small. So we had to go to Sacramento because that was like the happy medium.
0: (laughs) You're like the city. At least I have the city.
1: Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, now I feel like now that I have children and I have a live, I would say a more. settling down. simple life. (laughs) Um,
0: Beforehand, yeah, we're definitely like, give me esa vibra. Give me that, all the vibes possible.
1: mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so you first moved here then to Davis.
1: Yes, for a month. (laughs)
0: and then ended up in the city. And where did you come from before that? Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Born and raised, not born and raised, raised in Chicago. You actually have a really interesting story of how you were born. And that's actually, we started talking about this just like randomly before the interview that I did with you on, on the FM side. And that's when I was just like, Oh my God. I'm just like, this is so powerful. Yeah, my parents,
1: well, me included, we're refugees from Cambodia because my parents um, were victims of war. And so they had left their country to, ended up in Thailand, crossing the border. Mm -hmm. And as a child, them telling their story, you can't really appreciate the struggle and the trauma they went through. But they swam through swamps and craw- and stepped over landmines and witnessed their family being killed. And my, grandpa- my paternal grandfather was shot to death. My maternal grandfather starved to death. And um, they basically ran for their life. And some people didn't make it, and some people did. But if anything, they have taught us a lot about Mm. resiliency, working hard. If you Mm. want something, you work for it. It doesn't get handed to you. Life is hard. Mm. Be humble, be Mm. grateful, be kind. Mm
0: -hmm. So that is so true. All of those things are so accurate. And you and I actually related because I had shared with you that my mom was a refugee. And so it's just as children of refugees you grow up and you hear these stories and you're just like, you experienced that? Like how I think about myself and things that make me emotional and like my mental health. And it's nowhere in comparison and not that you need to compare the two, but you just, it's this overwhelming feeling where you're like, I don't know how you did it. Like, wow, I have... I don't know if admiration feels like the appropriate word to say, but you just, you look at your parents in this way where you're like, you don't want everything that you want to do. You want to do in a way that doesn't disappoint them because you know that they did, they crossed through those dangerous experiences for the idea of trying to do something better for themselves. And if one of us was already in the picture, then for their next generation. And so you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, like then I, I have to do something to, to assist you in some kind of way, whether that be through what I do with myself and the opportunities that are handed to me. Yeah.
1: It gives you such a humbling perspective, right? Because i mean this is a little extreme but the last fire we had in napa right the or the orange sky was freaky it felt so apocalyptic and all i can think of when i was driving to work that morning was well at least no one's coming down and shooting at us you know
0: oh my gosh which
1: is a really traumatic comparison because it felt like there was going to be aliens coming down Mm -hmm. in spaceships and attacking humanity but that was, was like, it's going to be okay. We're not at war. It's the fire.
0: <laughs> you know? Well, no, but it makes you wonder, you know, no one knows when they go out, yeah. right? So it makes you wonder, like, is are we headed towards something like that, you know? Yeah. And then it, it just makes you reflect on what you've done, like how you feel about yourself, how you feel about life. Like I'm sure COVID offered so many people different perspectives. And, and I think that's why sharing these stories now more than ever is so important because I think during a portion of COVID, at least I can only speak for myself. Like you also start to feel a little isolated at times and to be able to connect with people on a way where you're just like, Oh wow, I I understand, or I can relate. It just, it's feels overwhelming in, in the best way possible. Yeah. Like and, you're not alone
1: and feeling empathetic about different places that people are at, you know, cause Absolutely. this is such a universal struggle that we're having and we can't say that we can truly understand what someone else is going through mm-hmm. because not all things are equal right now. Yeah. And, or have they ever been, mm-hmm. but knowing I mean, we've been blessed to have the support that we have, but, you know, there are definitely people who lost their jobs and, you know, are living in the streets. And those are people that you have to project
0: compassion to and, you know, people are struggling and, and that's why it's good to be kind and to (laughs) help where you can and be that community that supports and uplifts. And it's just, that's, it's just how to be.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, people running for their life, it's so primal, right? When you, when you feel like your life is threatened and you, you go into the animal primal state where you're like, I just got to do what I need to do to survive. Mm -hmm. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so I really, and I, I can't say that I really, and I don't know that I ever in my lifetime, I'm hoping I don't ever really have to understand what my parents went through, Mm -hmm. but when I moved to France and I was college educated, I'd learned the language before I even arrived. Wow. It was really hard. It was hard for me to to like it was intimidating and scary and you know, insecure. And I can't even imagine my parents who didn't speak the language who were farmers, who weren't educated, mm-hmm. who've been completely thrown out of their element. They mm-hmm. didn't leave by choice necessarily. I mean, they did, they chose to come here, but. But it
0: wasn't on good terms right. that they were fleeing it was war. like an
1: opportunity, you know, necessary. It was like, okay, let's, you know, we, live or die.
0: Exactly, yeah. So,
1: and I'm like, I'm gonna go study abroad and, you know, enhance my life. And here I am, like, freaking out, just trying to figure out where I can order lunch. <laughs>
0: And like you said earlier, yeah, like it makes you, it makes you recognize and be empathetic towards your parents and really the experiences that they went through. And while you can't directly say like, I understand you, like you can only imagine what that was like based off of the stories that they tell. And so in another sense, have you ever felt, was there ever like this, like a guilty feeling sometimes of Being able to flee from the nest and being someone who like could go and explore and live in France for leisure and for advancing, you know, yourself as a person, as opposed to not necessarily comparing the two. But like, I don't I don't know. I feel like sometimes as people of color, like sometimes there's a little bit of guilt that comes with accepting happiness and accepting that it's okay to have these things because I mean that's why they that's why they did what they did
1: yeah I, I mean I think as much as I love my parents they're really good about instilling guilt <laughs>
0: oh my gosh so relatable
1: I feel guilty about everything <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> My mom, when I went Bye away mom. to college, yeah, when I was 18 and it was time to go to college, they tried to bribe me with a car to keep me home. I'm like, <laughs> hi, I love you guys. I'm gonna go spread my wings. And then when I moved to France or moved to California, they're like, why are you leaving? And I was like, because I want warm weather. We have tropical
0: blood. <laughs> And we, and like, I just want to see the rest of the world. Yes.
1: And then I'm like, you're welcome to come along. And then when I moved to France, basically the world ended for them, but (laughs) I came back alive. So
0: I know my mom, actually, I got to study abroad in Italy um, while I was in college as part of uh, what I had to do to complete my major. I remember when I first wanted to go, it was kind of just like, what do you mean? Like, you're not going to be here for six months. Like, what are you talking about? And it's just like, what if something happens to you? And and I understand the concerns and the fear because again, you have to think about everything that they've seen. And so, and not necessarily in those countries, but just in their lifetime. And yeah. so But you know, you that's where you reassure them and you're just like, it's gonna be okay yeah. and like I'm supposed to experience yeah. life. Well, it's hard because they live a lot in fear, right? There's mm-hmm. there's yeah, absolutely. there's definitely
1: PTSD that they're Experiencing that I can't relate to, right, or truly understand. Um, mm-hmm. And I I can't make them understand. I can't make them see what they don't know. But what I can say is as a parent now, I could see why they were so f- – I mean, I always joke, kind of not really, that I'm like <laughs> going to be the crazy mom that moves into the same college town that my children go to. <laughs> don't leave. I love you. I'll just be over here if you need lunch. You know. And now you
0: relate. And now I totally relate. <laughs>
1: I'm like, okay, go spread your wings, but I'll be across
0: this tree. <laughs> In case you need me and you yeah. fall down and like, you need me to just like chill with you and right. like provide you company when you're feeling sick and you yeah. need me to rub your tummy.
1: I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, once you become a parent, you realize all the neurotic things that your parents project onto you. You're like, oh my God, I'm that person. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm trying, you know, like, I, my children are the perfect example of how crazy I was as a child. Like, people always say, wow, your kids are so energetic. I'm like, I know, that was me. You're just like, how'd you deal with me? I know. But then I'm like, okay, that was me. I'm going to give them space. I'm going to be over here having a heart attack while they climb that tree. But I know, like, they need to experience those risks.
0: Mm-hmm. And and that they're probably having fun at the end yeah. of the day.
1: But at the same time, like, please don't break a bone. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to
0: go to the ER. <laughs> we can't afford that bill right now. <laughs> it's COVID. Nobody wants to go to the hospital <laughs> unless they are dying. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> for real, for real. So all of these struggles and the empathy towards understanding your parents' struggles and their story, I can only imagine that's pushed you to do a lot of what you've done throughout your lifetime. Walk me through just what it was like to go to France and to live there and to really create the last 10 years that you've been a creative director, artist in photography and beyond and utilizing your, your degree in interior design.
1: Yeah, when I finished interior design school, I came out to California because I wanted to be a tree hugger. And I always knew I was a creative, but in our culture, your options for a career is a doctor, a lawyer, and an engineer. And I was like, I just want to make things. And I didn't know what that looked like. Like, well, we need you to make money. (laughs) It took me 10 years to finish college. And my mother eventually said, can you just get a job? (laughs) It's okay. We forgive you if you don't finish college. (laughs) You're just like, let me figure me out. I'm like, I don't work in the same timeline as the rest of the world. I am the black sheep of the family. So (laughs) let's just keep on that bandwagon. But no, I I and then I came here and I was gonna study horticulture because I really wanted to be a landscape designer.
0: Very cool. And
1: then that didn't happen, but
0: are you a plant lady? Sorry, side note, I have to I, ask.
1: I love, well, I was a floral designer for 10 years. Oh,
0: wow. Well, so, uh, I've seen your floral wall that you have for Mother's <laughs> Day.
1: Yes. I, I love flowers and I love plants. Um, and I was like, I want to be closer to nature. I want to, because my parents are farmers. And not to say that that's the reason why, but I feel like this intuitive connection with plants. Yeah. Without sounding too hoo like sometimes I see, I feel like I sit down and I like have conversation with the trees. So that's my you vibe. I vibe like <laughs> that tree is just talking to me. I have no idea what it's saying, but we're having. A but conversation.
0: we're we're vibing. Yeah, we feel some kind of energy flowing this totally.
1: way. But it didn't happen. And then I was like, I just I just want to graduate college already. It's been ten years, and so I went to study photography at Stack State. That's where I had the opportunity to live in France. So cool. And when I graduated, I was like, okay, what to do now? Because I've had every job under the sun that had, you know, putting myself through college. My parents weren't able to pay for my college education. So it took me a long time because I always worked full time. Mm -hmm. And you know, I didn't always have the best grades because I didn't know how to balance life with going to school full time and working full time. And you it's know, a lot. It's a lot. And it's, it's lot.
0: um, especially if you are, you know, the f- first in your family to f- try to figure it out and work through all of those things and not being able to go someone and be like, wait, what do we do here in this situation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm just winging it, but I have a lot of faith in whatever the process may be. Mm-hmm. And I did finish my degree in photography. And Hi. And yay. <laughs> See, aren't you glad I didn't give up mom and dad? <laughs> you're like, look at me now. Look at everything I've gotten to my belt. Well, it's really funny because I didn't know how to explain horticulture to my family because they're like, you're going to California to be a farmer? And I was like, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> They're like, you know we can teach you how to grow stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know this is what we do, right? right? I was like, I know, but, like, I, I want to, like, I think my ultimate dream was learning how to build lawnscape out of, like, fruits and vegetables. Making sustainable mm. yards. That, that was my initial passion. But I can't keep anything alive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You and I would literally be the plant killer lady sisters because I swear it's not, I want to keep them alive so bad. I just forget. I really do forget. And I don't know how much to water and how little I've killed a succulent before and you're not even supposed to water them that often.
1: I know. I've tried everything. Too much love, not enough love. They just die on me. I think that my children are still alive because they talk. (laughs) Yes, mom. Not that one. (laughs) No. I guess that's why floral design
0: works so well. The
1: plants are meant to die.
0: (laughs) And that's why I love flowers. Because yeah. I'm like you're good to me for about two weeks, and then I get new ones. Yeah,
1: no, I, I I buy plants, and they die within two weeks, and then I have to replace them anyway. So,
0: so we'll just do with flowers yeah. for now. I
1: just photograph them,
0: and you do a beautiful job, <laughs> a stunning job. So, and so let's keep chatting about that. You with your flowers, and with working with so many different wine, food, lifestyle products. I mean, you have a really nice breadth and depth in your portfolio work.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I love experiencing things. And I think for me, it always starts as like, I really like this. Let's check it out. So I taught ballroom dancing for a little bit because I really liked dancing. And I was like, worldly, what I tell
0: you <laughs> in every like, sense
1: <laughs> of the word. I was like, yeah, let's, let's teach ballroom
0: dancing. Why not? <laughs> I love that though. We are students of life forever. <laughs> so if we, we want to do something, do like it. do it, Yeah, do and the if you, damn thing. If you
1: fail face, I mean, you can't really fail for trying no. in my opinion. No, right.
0: you just like learn things, yeah. lessons.
1: When did we stop? wanting to just learn things for the sake of learning things.
0: Yeah, whether you know, or not without... they worked out.
1: Because every time I learn something, people are like, so are you going to sell it? Are you going to teach it? I'm like, can I just love it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Can I just love what I'm doing without doing anything else with it?
0: But you went and you taught it.
1: And I taught it, I don't know how that happened.
0: <laughs> Did you love it?
1: Um, I loved it until it became a competition. Then all of a sudden we had to start teaching to get the students to compete. And i it was just not my jam. I just wanted to teach. I want to share. I want to dance. Mm-hmm. But when it came to like being on stage and performing, that's where like the nerves kick in.
0: Mm. Do the nerves ever kick in with your work in photography? Or is uh, that oh, yeah. just like, yeah?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, when I have to photograph other creatives, it's definitely nerve-wracking. Um... You know, I mean, if I'm in my own space, doing it by myself, as soon as I'm getting watched, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God.
0: I well, I know. Up. Yeah. You know. Well, it's nice that we have our own studio. Yay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you just recently moved in within the last year, correct?
1: Yeah. In September.
0: Oh, yeah. A week
1: before Epic Fire.
0: Oh my gosh. I was
1: getting internet. In my studio the day that the sky was orange. And I was The Apocalyptic Day. The apocalyptic day that I also had to go shoot a surprise proposal at a vineyard that day.
0: Actually, I bet those pictures, okay, I know it's not good for the earth, but I bet those pictures look dope.
1: Um, I don't know that well
0: with like an apocalyptic sky. No one else will ever have that photo naturally that way.
1: It was just the sky was orange, but other than that. It was just all a very strange day.
0: Yeah. That- I was like,
1: are you sure you don't want to reschedule this proposal? But I guess if you're going to die, you should die. Oh Engage to the person you love.
0: They're like, please just capture this moment.
1: Why is she so dramatic? <laughs> Leave me alone.
0: My parents.
1: <laughs> Everything
0: is dramatic. Don't
1: judge me. <laughs> the product of people who survived war.
0: Oh my gosh! So, words could not be truer. <laughs> words cannot be truer. And we like, right? We're here laughing about it, and I'm sure when people are gonna be listening, they're like, "How could they laugh at some things like that?" But there are so many traumatic experiences that people go through sometimes where you did the you cried through it. Like, yes, it was painful. You've been through that, and now all you can do is try to like ease some of that. And for for some, like that laughter is just like the only way that you. You can get through that.
1: Yeah. I think my goal for 2021 after 2020 and realizing how short life is and, I mean, always being aware of it, but thinking, how can I live my life to the fullest? Mm -hmm. And so healing, you know, I've been doing a lot of like spiritual um, healing. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted... Every year it's like, okay, let's lose weight, let's get healthy, let's, you know, make more money, like, you know, the the surface accomplishments. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, let's heal our ancestral trauma. Mm -hmm. How can we be the best version of ourselves for our children, for our community?
0: 100%. How can we break those negative generational cycles that we find ourselves in?
1: And, And if that is the contribution I make, you know, collectively, then however it is I live my life. Honoring my parents so that I can better take care of them mm. when the time comes. Because we also don't leave our elders behind, right? No. So I may not live with my parents right now. They live 3,000 miles away. But push comes to shove when it's time for me to take care of them. I am there.
0: They're your parents. Yeah.
1: yeah. But that's how we treat our elders, right? Yep. There's this response. There's a this cultural
0: sort of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Around that 100%.
1: So I always dream that I'm going to have a place with in-laws' house that they, you know. <laughs> you're like, you're with entry. me, but you're separate. Yeah. And separate entryway, if at all <laughs> possible. But I still like to come over for a home-cooked
0: meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like someone's reading my soul. <laughs> I be like, hi, hey, Mom. I hope
1: you're enjoying the plants you're keeping alive. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she would do a no. bomb job at keeping the plants yeah. alive. Well, they're amazing at growing things. And it's funny because... Maybe it's too much information, but my husband's like, (laughs) pot's legal in California now. They should come out and grow a farm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, it's legal in California now. Yeah. If you've got the green thumb, like I'm telling you, if I had the green thumb. Yeah. Because I've done the reading. I just know myself well enough. I'm like, no, it's not going to work out. And then I'm going to be upset that I put that much money into that. So no, thank you.
1: No. I like outsourcing things these days.
0: I do too. And you know, it's nice to know sometimes that we are privileged in the sense to be able to outsource the things that maybe other people necessarily can't. Um, but if you can, you know, afford those things and if you can give those those things to yourself and if those things make you happy, then, then that is what you follow and what you pursue.
1: Yeah. And it, and and it is really an honor to recognize that you have privileges Mm -hmm. that other people don't, Mm -hmm. you know? Because
0: um, we all have privilege.
1: Simple things, you know? Um, like I, I don't know how to use a coffee machine because I've always <sighs> bought my coffee. <laughs> and people are like, what? You don't know how to? I'm like, look, I do everything else in my life. I make dinner. I take care of my children. I do laundry. I clean my house. I just want someone else to make my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> I just need someone else to make my coffee. Yeah. If that is the privilege you can afford hundred percent right. for other people. Like I know, you know, I mean, I don't do this myself. I could, but I don't, but I have a lot of friends who, um, you know, it's not that they don't know how to clean their home. But it's just, they're doing so much that it's like, if there's one less chore that I can do or thing that I can remove out of my day, it's just like, let me get some assistance and like have someone assist me with cleaning my house. And a lot of people get their homes cleaned. Not everybody can afford to get their homes cleaned, but if you can afford it and you can give yourself that, it's just like,
1: it's nice. It's that one thing. It's, it sounds cheesy. It's my life goal, to outsource my (laughs) cleaning. To out,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be everybody's life goal to a certain extent.
1: I mean, the only thing I enjoy is vacuuming, but that's about it. Yeah, it's really weird. You know how we all have like really strange habits before I do anything else when I'm home? Like, if I'm doing a chore, if I'm about to go into my editing zone, I have to vacuum my house (laughs) first.
0: Before you edit your photos, you have to vacuum your house.
1: Yeah, like, and like, I'm like, it's like my clearing, my cleansing of my space. And then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go work now. Oh my gosh. I love this. Who are you? <laughs> I don't do anything else, but I'm like, I'm gonna
0: vacuum. I can feel that though, the cleansing part yeah. that you talked about. Okay, yeah. I, I, we've all got our things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> To each their own. We love it. (laughs) Hey, no judgments ever whatsoever. But that's vacuuming. I would not have picked something that would have resulted in cleaning. Um, No. What is my thing? I don't even think I can guess what my thing is.
1: Dancing, singing, humming—any of those?
0: No, but I do love to dance. I dance a lot when I'm eating food naturally, and I didn't notice it before until a lot of people started calling me out on it. And then after a while, I would like notice like as soon as I'm like like I move my shoulders to set side. To side <laughs> That's my sibling. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so happy we're here. I'm so happy I have this food in front of me. Like, this is a beautiful moment. We've got our things. We've got our things. Do you ever get hungry with all of the food that you photograph? I mean, you, you work, like I said, with so many different mediums, food, wine. Right now you're currently working for parent company, Williams-Sonoma, and doing incredible project for them, five-week period. I mean, what is that like? Do you ever get hungry when you do the food? What, when you went to Bottle Rock, were you just like blown well, it, away? It was really, it was really amazing because the first time
1: I got to work with Bottle Rock, I was exclusively shooting the food. Oh,
0: my God. I could not have con- contained myself. And
1: I was like, well, here's what I will say. I'm supposed to make the food pretty, but the food was not coming in pretty. And I was like... <laughs>
0: I need to eat this one. I need you to make me another one.
1: But also, like I was walking across like one end of Bottle Rock to the other, carrying the food, and I was like, by the time it's, by the time the cheese fries got oh. to the tent, <laughs> it's sweaty. It was like, oh boy. It looks sad. It was a lot of fun, and there was a lot of food to be eaten because at the when they once they give you that food, right, and you photograph it, you can't bring it back. So
0: no, our, so someone has to eat yeah, it. Someone's got to do it. Our, our team got, you know
1: to try a lot of yummy stuff. Let's say, um, yeah. Lots of
0: yummy stuff. Lots of yummy stuff. I didn't do bottle rock, but I did do, um, Sonoma harvest, Mm. um, with the Piombo brothers actually. And so got to photograph a lot of food and, and delicious beverages. Um, so yeah, um, though I'm small moment of fame, I very much appreciated your world, everything that you do. I'm like, man, I know it's work right at the end of the day, everybody's got their own like work that they've got to like do to pay bills financially, all that stuff. But when you can like have things that are work that are actually more of things that you enjoy doing and they're around fun, enjoyable spaces and you get access to just super cool things, it's just like not half bad. No,
1: no. I think one of the perks of having wine clients is that after your shoot, they send you off with wine and you're like, oh, thank you. Oh my God. Oh me. Oh, thanks so
0: much. That's so cool. That is so cool. What is your favorite part about what you do?
1: I love meeting people. Mm. Uh, And I feel like I was very much an extrovert. I wanted to go and just meet people and learn their stories and gather information. Classic Gemini over here. (laughs) And um, do all, I mean, I liked to know things people confuse me for being nosy. No, I am nosy. (laughs) Tell me all the things. Um, so yeah, meeting people, learning their stories, what they do is really fun, but also being a creator. I love getting my hands dirty and doing things. I like making things Mm. that evoke emotion. Mm. So when I'm photographing, like I'm not photographing, like in my mind, I'm not just taking a pretty picture. I, and I don't, talk about this very often unless it's in an intimate setting but when I went into photography I was going through kind of like a life crisis of figuring out what I wanted to do when I grow up Mm -hmm. I was going to go to culinary school and I decided like I wasn't going to continue on with my interior interior design degree but I was thinking about either culinary school or uh, landscape design photography somehow fell into my lap and I didn't even know Sac State had a program at the time it was the closest university to where I lived when I pursued it I was like oh my gosh this is meant to be I love everything about this program the professors what we're learning I got to learn on film and large format which is not something that a lot of places still offer yeah It was very much fine art concentrated. And so that spoke to my heart. I was, I I had a point and shoot camera at the time. So nothing fancy before I started photography school. But I like taking pictures. And I was sitting there just watching and like going back to like speaking to trees. I like watching the way the sun hits things. Mm. And so when I'm sitting there going, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm having a spiritual moment. So photography with, to me, was really becoming more connected to God, if you had to simplify the definition. Mm-hmm. And I would see God in things when I would watch the light hit it. Mm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm having a spiritual moment. And so that's where it started for me mm-hmm. it was like
0: the inception.
1: I was like connecting to things through light and through capturing. So I have a photographic memory and if I can sit there and sit with the moment and just take a picture of it in my mind, it will always have a place in my heart.
0: In your heart. Oh my and
1: gosh. so but now, you know, and then, so how do you take that and turn it into
0: a profession? Right. You're like, so this, but money.
1: <laughs> pay the bills.
0: God, I need to pay the bills. So shine your light.
1: <laughs> Show me the way.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh God. But really though. Yeah. But so- like
1: when I look at a photograph and I and i'm like wow that's really flat <laughs> where is god in
0: <laughs> and so how what led to then you forming the money making career
1: i think naturally i people started asking for portraits right now i have a fancy camera just finished school i mean
0: that's how we met i know
1: <laughs> and i love i have to say i don't love all genres of photography but i love taking Portraits of people because I like getting to know them. A yet again, a people person. I like learning about their eccentricities, their life journey. So if they get to sit in front of me for an hour and I get to hear their story, mm. I feel like my soul is fed. Mm. You know, and
0: it's that connection that you're telling I also about.
1: love making people feel beautiful in their skin. Right mm. when when I show them their picture, because let's face it, most of us are like, oh my god, I'm not photogenic. <laughs> I don't you know, they don't, we don't like ourselves and in some form of light. Mm -hmm. So when I can take somebody's picture and change their mind, I feel like we've had, I did my job. We had this connection. You feel beautiful in front of the camera.
0: Yeah. And you should see yourself in this light that I get to see you in. I
1: want them to feel, I want them to walk away feeling like, yeah, I'm a badass. I'm the ish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Yeah, and I I, and it goes with food. I mean, I'm like, I want people to look at that and be like, "So
0: I want that in my mouth."
1: Yeah, I want to drink that cocktail.
0: Mm, So good. I want to eat that dish. And you do. I mean, I salivate sometimes looking at your photos. I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so good.
1: (laughs) Well, it's really interesting. But before I um, started photographing cocktails, I was just making them out of boredom, because I was like, let's try some recipes.
0: Is that how you'd practice?
1: Yeah, and I would photograph them and, you know, just practicing my cocktail skills. Mm -hmm. And people were like, wow, your cocktails are so delicious. I was like, they look pretty. (laughs) I can't guarantee that they're delicious. But But they look pretty. But they look pretty.
0: (laughs) It's a good thing I only have to focus on the aesthetics and creating. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it tastes good.
1: Yeah, and that's how, for me, like, how I practice and how I connect is still life. Mm. Is sitting in that moment, moving things around. So I always, I always compare myself to more of, like, a contemplative photographer. Hmm. But I can be an entertainer when it comes to, like, three-year-olds. <laughs> you see this side of me, there all of a sudden you're like, how old is she?
0: And you're just like, I got you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've said some really inappropriate things <laughs> in front of people to
0: make them laugh. Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> because you know when people are trying to laugh...
0: And it's, when they're trying to, uh, not, trying to not not uh, laugh?
1: Yeah. Or when they're trying to smile, but it comes off like they're, they're stressed out in front of the camera. Mm. When people know they're supposed to put their best face forward, it's like, I, I definitely look like I have an issue when I'm smiling in front of a camera. <laughs> but if someone can make you laugh authentically and you can it's capture that... Split second, then it's the best,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How is it for you now having your studio and being able to continue capturing a whole bunch of still life moments?
1: I love my studio. I would say right now it's a very expensive man cave or she shed. <laughs> the, you know, she shed. the she shed, there's a lot of beautiful you got insurance things in, on your she shed, yes. There's a lot of fun things happening at the she shed. Um, <sighs> but right now, yeah, I do. I love that
0: the husband doesn't have the man cave, but you got your she I'm shed. Like,
1: Sometimes I just got to go to work. (laughs) Right now I'm working on a contract, a five-week contract in the city. So during those times, I don't always get to be at the studio, but I have been able to go there on the weekends and teach my photography course, which has been really fun to share that.
0: Yeah. Um, And that's how we actually met was you were launching your photography course. How has that been going with your students and what's your favorite part about being able to share that knowledge.
1: It's, it's been good to make people feel like they've had a breakthrough and feeling more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Cause now they're like, Oh, that, and cause, and I have to say a lot of them have already taken some photography courses. Mm-hmm. They just need a refresher and having the opportunity to sit and explain things to them. And before I, had kids I thought I was going to be going to get my master's in photography and actually teach at the university because I wow. like sharing information but I was like can I really raise a baby go to school and work on a master's program
0: absolutely
1: and um but when I started working
0: it feels like right I was like
1: oh, okay I'm already doing this mm-hmm. do-. and I don't think that I've given up on that part of my life because I feel like you're never too old to do what your heart calls right? exactly Students of life. Hence the tenure the <laughs> tenure plan, you <laughs> and it, it's really interesting because I'm not against, you know, formal education. But when people are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go back to school and do this. I'm like, you know, you should you should without expectation go and it, spread your wings and learn things and
0: hundred percent. What what interests you, right? Because and I think the reason why we have that pressure of doing traditional things is because that's what's drilled into us Yeah. without recognizing like it's okay to pursue passion and you don't have to worry about the financial stuff necessarily you can figure it like there will always be ways and you can figure that out doesn't mean it's gonna be easy but like there are ways and you can figure it out but it is nice when you're able to like pursue the things that that fuel you inside
1: yeah I feel like my love for creating art has always been there. And if I have put any energy into it, somehow it finds a way to come to life. And if I have any testament to like, just follow your path and your heart and mm-hmm. your love and without and surrender to it, uh, I feel like you never know how the universe delivers those things. And so I feel like my love for things have always been authentic and i can't say that it's not served me and it and, and it doesn't it doesn't mean things have always been easy i mean yeah, it's 100%. it's still a struggle right i mean we struggle every day but the perception that i have now is that the struggle is a learning opportunity mm. and i'm whatever lesson i'm supposed to take away from it is an opportunity for me to grow
0: grow through what you go through
1: yeah and be grateful you know 100%. for those
0: Being able to give gratitude almost like feeds your soul in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. Again, whether they're difficult moments that challenge you to think differently outside of the box, find solutions. I know it can be exhausting sometimes to constantly feel like you're always having to do that. But at the same time, you also get to prove to yourself how resilient you are and how capable you are. So while things might be challenging on the opposite end, it's like, you are magic. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's really interesting because there are certain experiences that you just go through that you forget. You go through mm-hmm. because it was such a whirlwind. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I forgot I worked at a restaurant in France, speaking kindergarten level French. Like <laughs> I got the ru- like there was no training, right? There's right. no training. Like, but I did that. I I asked for a job at an English pub, and I don't know if this. Is just the pub lifestyle, but I was already drinking beer. And I was like, I need a job. <laughs> and he's like, OK. And I was like, oh. Really? And I so I start on a Friday night. Can you imagine working in a restaurant on a Friday night during prime hours, speaking kindergarten French? I was like, I'm going to learn the word for cup, plate, uh, spoon, fork, all the things. What is the first thing someone asked me? Where's
0: the bathroom? The straw.
1: (laughs) I was like, the poor girl, it took me 30 minutes to get her the straw. (laughs) Because I didn't know what it was. And I eventually had the courage to ask one of the bartenders. My heart. Who barely, who didn't speak English, right? So you're like, how do we communicate? I was like, bye, bye. And she just picked it up and gave it to me. I was like... You know, and so, and that was the whole purpose of living in the south of France is that not many people speak English. Mm -hmm. And so you're immersed to learn the language. Well, I, I took it one step further and immersed myself in the work culture. So I, I was also left alone at some point where I was the only worker who I was the bartender, the barista, the server, the cook, the dishwasher. (laughs) And there was like a... You were running the restaurant. I was running the restaurant with
0: kindergarten-level French. Where was everyone else? Why did they abandon you? Siesta. <laughs> oh, yes, because this is a thing. There's like a table of
1: six French people. were like, they're like, we want a drink. I was like, I don't know how to make it. And they're like telling me how to make this cocktail drink. I and love I, this. And I was like, okay, I hope it's good. And they're just, they're laughing at me. They're they sympathize. I'm feeling super self-conscious, but I'm thinking to myself, like when things are hard, I was like, I did that. Yeah. That was really hard. And I survived it.
0: Yeah. Like you, you did not know what you were doing completely out of your element, but you're like, we're here and we're just going to make do with what we've got.
1: I mean, there was a time where I was like making the fries. It's, I, I was trying to move the plate and the whole thing just fell into the ground. I was trying to do the dish at the same time. Someone wanted a cough espresso at the same time. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> How do I do
0: this? And now that you're a mom, you're just like, become a superwoman.
1: Well, now that you give birth, you're like, I can do anything. All things possible. Don't wait for me to howl.
0: <laughs> You guys, we're not even halfway through the bottle of this wine yet, okay? This is just a real good hearted conversation. And she is just this dope. I keep telling you. You are literally I'm just I'm just so grateful that we met.
1: Oh, thank you. Me as well.
0: Literally, you you are so cool. You are so amazing to be around. You light up every room like the light that God shines down in your photos. And that's honestly for people who are religious, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just, can we just laugh a little bit, you know? I'm religious.
1: Yeah, I feel like we, and that's the other thing. We,
0: I don't feel like I, I don't know why I felt like I needed to like just validate myself and justify. But you know, just in case, we hear. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We have to laugh about the serious things and And the not so serious things. And the
0: not so serious things. Because
1: that's what keeps us going.
0: Yeah. Right? Absolutely. What, through all of the challenges, when you look back, all all the crazy, what do you determine as a thing that's kept you going? And like, and who's inspired you along the way?
1: Um... Gosh, a lot of people, you inspire me. Oh my uh, gosh, no. For you, I don't, we're not talking about that. I know. A lot of people inspire me. But thank you. Right. You know, my teachers inspire me. My parents inspire me. I think at the end of the day, like I'm on this journey right now where I was talking to someone, I'm like, what is the purpose of my life, right? Because mm-hmm. we all raise her, are like, you have a purpose. She's like, your journey is your purpose. And I was like, you're right. And I have that, um, a chime on my rear view mitt. <gasps> When mirror, right? Mm-hmm. It says the journey is everything. And I always knew that growing up, that this journey is the purpose, mm-hmm. but you get caught up in the expectation that you're supposed to arrive somewhere. Ugh. We have arrived. We're just figuring it all out, living our life, authentically connecting, loving, being kind, compassionate. hundred like, percent. And I feel like when I am sitting with someone, I just want to love their soul, right? Mm. Aside from everything else.
0: But it's like their soul. You're like reach in there and just like yeah. cuddle you in. Like hug Like I look
1: at someone, I'm like, look, you can't tell, but I'm hugging you inside your soul. <laughs> I feel you on that, Ta- though. Can yes. you tell from I my can't. smile? It's I'm h- like in there, I'm reaching hugging in.
0: <laughs> See it in my eyes. I see you. <laughs> People are gonna be listening to this and be like, what is happening right now? Know, and I'm gonna be like, you see? wish you would have been inside of this I, room. I don't do drugs. <laughs> Just kidding. We're on the big sip. Who are we kidding? We're drinking. We're on the big sip. Uh, Technically alcohol is considered a drug. It's just an acceptable. (laughs) Oh Lordy. Who made that decision? Oh Lordy. (laughs) Who's making these rules? (laughs) I support you. I support you. No, seriously. I support you. I support you so much. I support everything that you do. You are a beautiful individual. Everything that you bring to the table is awesome what you've been able to accomplish and the things that you are continuing to do. And like you said, it's a journey and it just excites me to know that I'm going to be continuing to tap into that journey and sipping along from your cup. And I want to know how people can support you more than anything.
1: I I would love to photograph people, you know, and support their business. So my photography business specifically is it's really hard as an artist to promote yourself to turn mm-hmm. that that was has always been a struggle how do I promote my how do I make a living as an artist mm-hmm. and I found my niche supporting other people I'm like I'm not really good at supporting myself or putting mm-hmm. myself forward but I'm really good at helping people shine because I genuinely want people to succeed and thrive so That's my beautiful. whole photography business is visual storytelling for your brand because as a small business owner I know how hard it is to put your your face in front of everyone and to authentically do it and to honor who you are. So when a client comes to me and says, I need help with my marketing, and I'm like, yes, how do we help you? How do we make you stand out? How do we make you shine through photography? And how can I serve you? And so if you have a business and you want to reach your authentic client and just get more visibility on social like I want to help you if you want to feel beautiful in front of the camera come and take your portrait like we can hang we can laugh we can cry (laughs) trust me you want to be her best friend (laughs) we enjoy life in that moment but you need Mm -hmm. portraits anyway because whatever reason you needed (laughs) portraits we're gonna have a good time
0: I love that I love that so much. And I want people to stay connected with you. I want you to be able to assist them, but more than anything, I want people to see how dope you are and how talented you are. I mean, what are some of the, your most favorite projects that you've ever worked on?
1: My most favorite projects, gosh, um,
0: or best memories from those projects
1: or just best memories Oh my god. You know, I started this blog series, which has kind of fizzled with time, but I I started this passion project called In Her Light. Mm. And essentially, I would have a personal portrait session with these women who are just doing them, like they are self-employed, or they're living a, they're they're on a journey that is empowering them. And we sit down, and I just have a conversation, learn about them, photograph them, and it's been really soulful for me. Mm-hmm. I really love I really love bringing out people's personalities. And if they feel seen, it really warms my heart.
0: It's your soul hugging their soul. Yeah.
1: Hugging your soul. <laughs> I got you right here. <laughs> can we can we like <sighs> It's the T Rex hugs. You guys can't
0: visualize it. It's the T Rex hugs. It's like right there. Right there. You know, because we still got to stay six feet apart because it's COVID. Yeah. <laughs> how do people stay in contact with you?
1: You can check out my website at seconduct.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. I don't know how many seconds are in Apple, but. <laughs>
0: I don't know, but you're the first one that I know and the only one that I need to know. So right now, yes, that is great enough for me and everybody else needs to know this Sakan Neck. S-A-K-H-O-N-N-H-E-K dot com. That is how you can find her, and that is also how you can find her on Instagram, and you will see everything that she's got right there, literally whatever you need. If it is portraits, as she mentioned, if it is beautiful food, wine, lifestyle photography that you need, I mean... I don't need to speak for it. You can literally just take a look at her work, right? Picture's worth a thousand words. Isn't what they say? Mm-hmm. So you're definitely going to want to make sure that you don't miss out on that. dot www.sakhonnhek.com. And same thing for her Instagram handle. Beautiful light, soul being stem- someone that you definitely want to have in your circle and that you just want to be around. So... uh thank you no thank you my honor no my honor and you are just so dope and we need to keep having many more sips beyond this because this laughter right here i meant it my soul was hugging your soul and i was like this t-rex hug woman uh all of it (laughs) thank you so much cheers thank you Mmm, the big sip.